Well, welcome to our Christchurch Winchester service this morning. Uh, the service itself will start at 10 o'clock. And until then, you're going to meet some of the sages um, that, that worship at Christchurch. That's senior, adults, growing, engaging, serving. That's what sages is. And we're going to talk to you a little bit about what lockdown's been like. So we're going to talk, first of all, about what's been good about lockdown. Jeff and Sheila Ratcliffe. Tell us some good things about lockdown. Well, I think we've learned a new skill, which is Skype, which has kept us in touch with our daughter and seeing more of our James because he's bought the shopping. Uh, a couple of things. Uh, one is I really enjoyed these 10 o'clock services and uh, the one with Path Pounds has really struck home because uh, I've seen many of those in uh, our XBC meetings on a, on a Friday evening. Strangely, I've also had a bunchy named after me uh, unfortunately, it's living with somebody who's shielded, but uh, I have Skyped and we've spoken over Skype together. <laughs> wow. Well, you could be in the Guinness Book of Records for the first man to speak to a budgie on Zoom. <laughs> Brilliant. I like it. Jeff and um, Sheila, thank you. Um, Steve and Janet, what about you? Good things about lockdown. Uh, good morning, Dave. Uh, one good thing about lockdown is if you can remember back about six months ago, which is a, a different planet, uh, this country was very divided. We'd had Brexit, we'd had a, a contentious general election, and we were divided north-south, young and old, uh, rich and poor. And this terrible pandemic has actually, I think, brought us together as a country. I think we've all become much more community aware. Um, we've helped each other a lot. There's been a lot of that all over the country. Uh, where we live, we're all pretty good neighbours anyway, but it's actually enhanced that uh, via something called WhatsApp, which I'd never heard of before. Uh, but like Sheila, I'm now getting into the technology. And six months, uh, uh, five years ago, we wouldn't have had that. So that's perhaps to do with God's timing as well, that we've now got these wonderful things. We've got FaceTime. We, we've got WhatsApp, uh, we've got Zoom, so we can all do this. So that's something good to come out of lockdown. Brilliant. Steve, what about you? Uh, I just want to quickly add, really, that I've been reading the, um, this sounds like super spiritual stuff, I've been reading the Message Bible. Um, I've nearly finished it. It's only the New Testament, but um, I found it very useful because it's got a nice way of paraphrasing certain very difficult passages of Scripture. So I'd recommend that. I, I wish there was a slightly more anglicised version, but um, there you go. Thank you. Brilliant. Thanks, Steve. Eric, what about you? Surrounded by a map of the world there. Yeah, um, well, yes. Tell uh, us good the, things for you. Yes. Well, <laughs> the great thing is that we've had so much time, and I've had time on my own, which uh, for quite long periods of, uh, of time, it's made me feel reflect on the situation in the country, being more aware of people's needs, people that I perhaps would never have even thought of before. Mm -hmm. And, and I, I, I just, just realized that, uh, that there are so many things in the world which I was unaware of. So people who, who are in great need uh, and but so that is an awareness of people. I think this has been fairly universal. We've been aware, more aware of each other. And one of, one of the features of that is that on Thursday evening, we've been able to meet with people that we've never spoken to before, but uh, we've seen 
passing in the street and nodded to, but never actually spoken to. So it's been, uh, uh, to, to, to me, it's been a time when people have come much more together and recognized each other much more than ever before. Eric, thank you so much for that. I'm sure we reflect on, on all of those comments, but uh, now we're gonna move on because um, babies don't wait for the end of lockdown, I'm afraid. And uh, the Pierce family, Nora and Elaine, had little Magnus during lockdown, and we're gonna meet him right now. Good morning, everyone. I'm Delane, this is Nora, and this is Fergus, who just turned two on Monday. We would like to take this opportunity to introduce the latest addition to our family, Magnus, who was born on the 7th of May at home. We are so grateful to God for blessing us with this precious bundle of joy, and also for our church family who have given us their time, love and effort in helping us adjust as a family of four. We also thank you for your prayers which have been answered for the smooth and safe arrival of Magnus. I'm recovering really well and Fergus seems to be liking his little brother and Magnus seems to be sleeping very well apart from at night um, between the hours of 11 o'clock and 3am in the morning. We are really looking forward to sharing this bundle of joy in person with you and wish you a very blessed week. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, what a delightful young man to meet at this time of the day. Wonderful. And uh, we're, we're back together with our sages. And um, if you just joined us, please comment. Please put your name on the Facebook bit if you're doing that. We'd love to hear from you. But our sages are going to tell us now um, about some of the bad things that we've experienced during lockdown, some of the things that have been hard. Um, Stephen, Janet, if I come to you first this time, um, what's been some of the bad things that you've experienced? Um, I guess these are mostly fairly personal. I've missed work. I haven't got enough work. Um, I'm missing looking forward to a holiday. I'm missing the football. I suspect you might be as well, Dave. And um, uh, just talking about the services as we were before, um, I find it quite difficult to engage with the church services as they are. I think that's my problem rather than other than matches, because the work that's going into it is wonderful, but I need to work on that. And I'd just like to add that every, as with every other grandmother in the land, I'm just missing my little grandchildren, and uh, it'll be lovely to see them again when it's all over. Eric, what about you? Well, uh, being on my own, I, I, I just uh, lack the freedom to be able to go out to do what I want to do when I want to do it. Mm. Uh, um, and uh, to be able to meet with my family, my grandchildren, and even my great-grandchild has been out of the question. And so that's, uh, I think, the lack of freedom is something that I've missed more than anything else. Yeah. Jeff and Sheila, what about uh, you? I think mostly we're going to miss our 50th wedding anniversary celebration, which we were going to have at the end of the month. So that's off. We've missed an 18th birthday, a 21st birthday. And that's um, often the case, isn't it, for our grandchildren? Um, and the one thing I have, we've missed a funeral of a friend, not died of COVID, but a friend. And I miss him very much because we knew him for 45 years. And it's these deeply personal things, isn't it, that we've we've all missed that contact, the 
Uh, I think for me, it's it's the hugs with my grandchildren, you know, um, and my children come to that. You know, it's been it's been really hard to to miss that. But um, yeah. well, we have perhaps something which will um, help us here. We've got a message, which has come from the other side of the world to one of our families in Christchurch. Uh, let's see who it is and where it's from. Good morning, Christchurch. My name is Helen Prince and I'm Jackie and Jeremy's daughter. I'm actually in Australia just to prove that I do have a huge jar of Vegemite. Um, it's very cold here, quite honestly, and um, I realise that you guys are having beautiful sunny weather and I'm not jealous at all. No, not at all. Anyway, moving on. Um, on a serious note, I'm really loving being back with you all in Christchurch watching you online. Ten years ago we left and I was stood at the front of church saying goodbye and here I am saying hello again it's it feels like i'm back at the 6 30 service to be honest because of the time difference and it's just great to be able to worship with you again and um, i'm kind of hoping that they'll carry on keeping the services online when we're all back out of lockdown please stay well and um, we send you all our love from here and many prayers are said regularly for so many of you and those will continue and i just want to say thank you to everyone that's prayed for us as a family Many prayers have been heard, and um, I'm so grateful that I have so many of you that love me and my family so much. And um, I look forward to one day being back in Christchurch again, visiting you all again. And, but for now, I'm going to say goodbye and um, enjoy the rest of the service. I love you guys so much. Bye for now. Wow, well, that must have been a surprise, um, a message from the other side of the world. But uh, for the last time, we hope, hope you're joining us. If you are joining us, make sure you sign in. We know you're there. That would be great. And uh, we're now going to think about, from our sages, what's God been saying through all this? Uh, we're Christian people. We want to hear from God. Um, and let's just, perhaps for the last section here, what has God been saying, Eric, to you? Yes, well, as I said, we, it, I've been in silent isolation for some time, and it's caused me to reflect in a personal way uh, on my place in, in God's world. Um, I, I, I've looked back over many years, and it's now 70 years since I first became a Christian, and I've seen God's hand at work in so many ways. Uh, over a very long period and uh, uh, I just am so aware of my own shortcomings and uh, and waywardness but he every time I the Lord has has received me back into into his fellowship and arms and so it's it, it, it's been a time when I have been able to look back and also to try and seek God's place for me in the world today and, uh, uh, and to ask him for continued guidance and, and say thank him for all that is past and, and just trust him for all that's to come. Thank you so much, Eric. And, and let's move to Jeff. Um, what's, what's the one thing perhaps that God has been speaking to you about through this time? Uh, whatever new routines we've sort of created for ourselves in this lockdown period, 
learned not to expect each day to be the same, either physically, emotionally, or spiritually. And uh, some days are diamonds, and some days are stones. Thank you, Sheila. I think for me, it was thinking about people who don't know God, and how difficult it must be for them, because they have a different, no hope, or a different kind of hope, than we have and um and for the bereaved and all that might come with that mm. after we are out of lockdown and so forth thank you so much and finally um janet we'll start with you one thing perhaps that god has been ministering to you about i think i've just because we've been allowed out for these walks and so on we've been walking a lot further and a lot longer <coughs> and getting a bit lost in the pathways of hampshire uh, the beauty of God's creation, basically, that I should be more aware of. We should be more aware of looking after it. Um, it's just been amazing. We've had this wonderful weather, beautiful blue skies. We can hear the birds. Now the planes have stopped and the traffic stopped. And just more aware of, of his hand on everything. Uh, and the fact that, that he is in control. We, we think we're in control of our destiny. We're not. It's, it's in the hands of, of the Lord and we should trust him more and put our, our destiny in his hands, which it is anyway. So just more aware of that, really. Thanks, Steve. What about you? Um, I think the Lord is saying, enjoy what you've got, live in the present. And to me personally, just maybe I'm preparing you for retirement. <laughs> <laughs> I detected a note of joy there. Oh, there we go. That's great. Oh, thank you so much to all of you. Um, been lovely to want to see you at your lovely faces again. But just to remind people, um, if you're not getting it, we're, we're producing a little paper called Sages Contemplations, and that's been sent out to all sages. If you have contributions, if you have material, jokes, gags, um, blessed thoughts, um, anything that you've got, um that's great send them to me and uh, we'll put them out there i i just want to finish by saying for me i think uh in amongst this has been a marvelous sense that of the of the doctrine of the sovereignty of god that whatever comes whatever stuff hits us eric hinted at it there is a god who is in control and i can trust him i can trust him for now i can trust him for my eternal destiny i know that he's with me and that i should trust him and I think that's what all of our sages have said this morning. So thank you for being with us. It's now time to hand over to Louise, who is going to lead us in the first part of our service. Thank you for being with us. Hi, and welcome to Christchurch at Home, Christchurch Winchester's online service. And it's so great that you've been able to join us this morning or whenever you're watching this online service. We so value you as part of our Christchurch community and you are so welcome here with us. Thank you to the sages who led our gathering time this morning. It was so lovely to see so many faces in that video. Do keep welcoming people to church in the comments below. If you spot someone you know, do say hi to them just as you would in the church building. This morning we're going to be thinking about God's spirit and what happens when he pours out his spirit onto us. God's spirit is powerful, isn't it? It has the power to give us spiritual gifts, to change us, to bring us closer to him 
and to do so much more. I wonder what you would need God's Spirit for this morning. Do you need it to comfort you, to give you peace, to encourage you or to strengthen you? Or maybe it's something else. If we want God to pour his spirit on us, let's make ourselves open and willing to receive that spirit this morning. And let's trust that as we ask for his spirit that we will receive it because he is a God who wants to give you his spirit. He wants to pour out his spirit onto you and he wants to pour it abundantly. He wants to give you more and more and more of his spirit. We're going to sing in Christ alone together. And I really encourage you to declare these lyrics as truth, to declare what Christ is, that Christ is your comforter, your all in all, that he is a gift of love and righteousness, your light, your strength. You might need God's spirit to help you declare these things as truth this morning. I'm going to pray in a minute and I'm going to leave some space for you to pray and ask God for his spirit, for what you need, whether that is to encourage you or to give you strength or anything else. So let's pray together before we sing. Lord God, we come to you this morning asking for your spirit, asking that your spirit would come to each of us and that it would move powerfully in us to help us during this time. Spend a moment now praying in your heart for what you need God's spirit to do in your life today. God, I thank you and that we can come to you and ask for your spirit to work in our lives. And God, I pray um, that your spirit would work through this service, that, would, that your spirit would be in each video which is shown during this service. Would you bless us and bless our families and bless Winchester this morning? Amen. Amen. Let's sing together, whether you stand, whether you sit, whether you lie down, however you worship, let's do it together as a family of Christ this morning. Let's sing together, blessed be your name. Blessed be your name in a land that is plentiful, with dreams of abundance flow. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name when I'm found in the desert place, the hole through the wilderness. Blessed be your name. Every blessing you pour out, I'll turn back to praise. Darkness closes in Lord, till I will say, Blessed be the name of the Lord, blessed be your name, blessed be the name of the Lord. 
the Bible tells us that when we confess our sins to God, he is just to forgive. He looks on us and out of his justice, he forgives us. So his son, Jesus, paid the price for us and for our sins on the cross. And we are completely ransomed, healed, restored and forgiven. So we can then go on our way with complete lightness of heart, knowing that nothing counts against us. So let's take a moment now individually to bring to mind and to bring before God the times that we've walked away from him and moved away from his will for us this week, perhaps even knowingly done that. And then we'll bring all those together in a confession together, which has somehow an extra power to it. So uh, on our own first. Father, we have sinned against heaven and against you. We are not worthy to be called your children. We turn to you again. Have mercy on us. Bring us back to yourself as those who once were dead, but now have life through Christ our Lord. Amen. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly, there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. At that time, there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem, and when they heard the loud noise, everyone came running. They were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers. They were completely amazed. How can this be? they exclaimed. These people are all from Galilee, and yet we hear them speaking in our own native languages, and we all hear these people speaking in our own languages about the wonderful things God has done. They stood there, amazed and perplexed, what can this mean, they asked each other. But others in the crowd ridiculed them, saying, They're just drunk, that's all. Then Peter stepped forward with the eleven other apostles and shouted to the crowd, Listen, listen carefully, all of you fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem. Make no mistake about this. These people are not drunk, as some of you are assuming. Nine o'clock in the morning is much too early for that. No, what you see was predicted long ago by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy, your young men will see visions, and your old men will dream dreams. In those days, I will pour out my spirit, even on my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. And I will cause wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood, and fire and clouds of smoke. The sun will become dark and the moon will turn blood red before that great and glorious day of the Lord arrives. But everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved.
everybody, Jack and Dodger here. It's so great to be with you. And before I explain some of this story for the kids and the families, we're going to look at some of their amazing, amazing artwork. It's exciting, isn't it, Dodger? Because they've been making Pentecost flames. And they've been making these flames and they've been sending in selfies of them and their families. What is it, Dodger? Yeah, Pentecost flames. Yeah, look, they're am oh, really, really good work. No, what's wrong? What's wrong, Dodger? You, you read the email wrong. Well, Dodger, you, well, you, sorry, sorry. Oh, that's okay. Sorry, you did what? <laughs> you made a Pentecost flan? Well, of course you did. <laughs> no, don't be embarrassed, it's fine. How did you make it? <laughs> you just set a flan cake on. <laughs> You knew it didn't go very well, but you thought other people were doing it as well, so it'd be okay. Oh, Dodger, I'm sorry. <laughs> that is funny. <laughs> sorry, I shouldn't be rude. I shouldn't be rude. Words are powerful. And actually today, um, in our story, we saw some powerful words. <laughs> you can't apologise on my behalf. And we saw some powerful words as Peter preached an amazing sermon. Now, George... <laughs> sorry, Dodger. George last week um, preached about how um, the Holy Spirit takes us from fear to faith and from apathy to action. And actually we see this in the story of Peter here, don't we? We see it because he was a man who was quite scared. He denied Jesus three times and he didn't want anything to do with Jesus. He didn't want to be associated with him. That's kind of what apathy means, to just not care. But here he's a man of faith and a man of action. Yeah, he does. He preaches to so many people and tells them all about these things from the Old Testament. He does what he's designed to do and the Holy Spirit helps everybody to do what they're designed to do. He was filled with the Holy Spirit. Can you remember what happened, Dodger? Well, there was wind, wasn't there? Oh, you've been practising, yeah? And there were tongues of flesh. Oh my goodness. You've been practising? Yeah, I can see that. And it was a bit like um, he was plugged into the Holy Spirit, like a phone on charge. A phone can only really do what it's designed to do if it's got enough charge in it. And so we all need to be filled with the Holy Spirit so that we can do what we're designed to do. Just like all the people in the Old Testament that he talks about. The people in the Old Testament um, only had the Holy Spirit at certain times so that they could do what they were designed to do. A bit like Samson and his strength or Joshua and his bravery. Or even there was like, the first one was a guy called Bezalel who was designed, he was, he was made by God to create beautiful things and through the Holy Spirit he could do that. I mean, maybe you were designed to, to eat sausages, but I don't really think that's, that's what... Spirit-filled sausages would be a very good title of an autobiography, Dodger. Yeah, that would be good. Maybe that would be your autobiography title. But what we need to remember today is that we are designed by God to do things. And the Holy Spirit, when we're filled with that Spirit of God, we can do what we're designed to do. Now, the best thing is Peter says that the spirit is poured out a bit. Imagine me pouring a jug of water all over the floor. I mean, it could be a bit like you weeing on my bed the other day, but that wasn't funny, Dodger. You know, well, it wasn't funny. But yeah, actually, it's a bit like water going everywhere. Oh, we water going everywhere. You just can't control it. And actually, the spirit is no longer for certain times and certain people in certain places. It's for everybody all the time, as long as we ask for it. So we're going to sing a song now, Dodger, aren't we? We're going to sing a song called Our God is a Great Big God. I think you might already know the actions. And if you don't, me and Dodger and a few friends will be on screen to help you with them. So shall we sing, Dodger? Let's go. Our God is a great big God. Our God is a great big God. Our God is a great big God. And he holds us. 
We're surely going to be hearing about how the Holy Spirit changed the lives of men and women in the first century. But that's all very well. Does it still happen today? Well, three of our sages are going to help us with their experience to see how the Holy Spirit has changed their lives. Hello, I'm Jane, and I've been coming to Christchurch for about 15 years. Some years ago, when I was working as a GP, I felt I was carrying a very heavy burden rather like Pilgrim, in Pilgrim's Progress. Although like Pilgrim I was aware of my sin, this burden didn't feel like my sin, but I wasn't sure what it was. Despite having a successful career and a loving, happy family, people close to me often saw sadness and tears. I was brought up in a loving but very academic Christian family, feeling that I needed to achieve to gain my parents' love and approval. When I qualified as a doctor, I was introduced to the neighbours with the words, this is my daughter Jane, she's a doctor, not a proper doctor, she hasn't got a PhD. I would never be good enough. While attending a Christian doctor's conference, I had the opportunity to spend time with a counsellor. And in telling my story, we became aware that the burden was my overwhelming sense of failure, my constant need to strive to be better and the expectations I was putting on myself. She suggested that we meet with the chaplain for prayer. Sitting quietly on my own before that meeting, I knew that the burden was getting in the way of my relationship with God, that in the same way that I'd always tried to please my parents to gain their love, I was trying to please God to earn his love and get his approval, but I would never be good enough. The chaplain prayed that I might be delivered from the words that had made such a deep impression on me, that I might be released from the need to keep striving and accept God's unconditional love. And I was overwhelmed with an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. The tears flowed. I suddenly knew that I was of value not for what I did and what I'd achieved, but for who I am a beloved daughter of God and precious in his sight. I felt the burden beginning to ease. In the chapel was an altar on which was a cross and at the foot of the cross, a crown of thorns. The chaplain suggested that I could put my handful of soggy tissues there. And after some time, I walked forward to lay my burden down. I came away from the cross with an overwhelming sense of peace, knowing that God's love really is unconditional, and I was free from the burden that had been, I'd been carrying for so long. I'm Christopher, yes, Christopher Barnes, and um, it's uh, a privilege to be asked just to contribute something briefly now. 
on the question, what has the Holy Spirit done in my life? I had the privilege of being brought up in a Christian home, uh, but I needed, of course, as we all do, to make a personal step of faith and commitment, which I did at the Scripture Union camp at the age of 16, and then about three years later at the Billy Graham Crusade in Wembley. There was a tremendous sense of the Holy Spirit at that meeting, and I was very conscious that the Lord was calling me to rededicate part of my life to Jesus as Saviour and Lord. As Billy Graham would say, it's not me, it's the Holy Spirit, and I'm sure that was true. And my second experience happened uh, about 20 years later in the mid-1970s, by which time I'd done national service, been to university, been accepted in ordination as an ordination candidate, and trained and was now serving a second curacy. And I went to um, talk with one of clergy I knew about this. They prayed for me, ministered to me, and I received a fresh touch of the Holy Spirit. I think John Stott's sort of summary of all this, uh, one baptism, many fillings, I found that to be helpful in uh, trying to understand what was happening. And lastly, fast forward another 10 years into the 1970s, by which time I was a priest in charge in a fairly traditional evangelical parish in the city of Hereford. There was a dynamic, energetic businessman who had a great uh, vision for spiritual revival in the area. And he got Christians together from different churches to record, uh, rehearse and then present uh, the musical Come Together, which was very much uh, making an impact in those days. And he and others twisted my arm and persuaded me to become the musical director. Now I trained and conducted church choirs with about 15 to 20 members before, but this was a much bigger experience, so it was a huge challenge. But I have to say the Lord was very gracious to us, and there were blessings that occurred there, and follow-up opportunities elsewhere. Much prayer was answered. I think I learned in all these things, and in the smaller things of life, that it is prayer, isn't it, which is so essential. That as we the Spirit to fill us, to guide us, uh, and to empower us, and give us his strength, then the more we do that prayerfully, the more he can use us and show us the part that he wants us to play. Thank you. My name is Jeremy Davis, and I have been a member of the Christchurch family for um, over 20 years. I was uh, diagnosed with prostate cancer just after, well, when I was 82. And uh, because it was so late and so high, it was incurable. But it was manageable. And so part of the manageable side of it was to have a scan, which I eventually got in August last year. Whilst I was uh, on the bed there, I had a sighting at the end of my bed. There was a person standing there in a white flowing garment. He had nut brown hair down to almost shoulder length. And he wasn't looking at me directly, half looked me and half across the room where the nurses were who deal with the machinery. And he just stood there. And I said, that's Jesus. That can only be Jesus standing there. And so I said to him, will you just please make sure they press the right buttons? And then he disappeared. 
I was sure that that was Jesus. It was him. And so anyway, I finished with a scan. I went and got dressed and back into my own clothes. And I was thinking all the time, what is all that about? And the Holy Spirit convicted me. He said, he's come to remind you that he is looking out for you. He knows what you've said about trusting him for the end of my life. And he was just standing there to confirm it. And I thought, wow, what a great, great thing to happen to me. Why me? Anyway, that's where I am and that's where I stand and I'm continuing to trust him for dealing with me and helping me through all the things that go on, irrespective of the stupid remarks I might make sometimes. This morning, we look at the first part of Peter's sermon on the day of Pentecost. We're going to grab a look at the second part next week. Peter was not down to preach that day. He hadn't sweated over preparing this sermon, but blown by the Spirit, blessed by three years with Jesus, and after weeks of praying and reflecting, Peter suddenly has to explain to a crowd of curious pilgrims in Jerusalem what on earth is going on around them. The disciples had felt the whole house shaken. They'd seen the tongues of fire. The pilgrims heard the commotion and heard, wonderfully, the disciples of Jesus declaring the wonders of the resurrection in their own respective languages. And so Peter steps up to make sense of this. His starting point is startling to us, a prophecy from Joel, one of the Old Testament prophets. This, says Peter, as he motions to the other disciples, is that what God had promised through Joel all of those years before. This is the time of promise fulfilled, the moment the people of Israel had been yearning for. The Holy Spirit has been involved in creation since the very beginning of time itself. In the Old Testament, we see the Holy Spirit energizing artists and kings and prophets and musicians and judges. The Spirit was powerful, but sporadic and occasional. The prophets, like so many Arsenal fans, longed for a time of glory in the future, but it never came. Now, after the resurrection and the ascension of Jesus, a new era has begun. Now, says Peter, the longing is over. The moment has come. The Spirit is being poured out on the many and not the few. And it's happening in Jerusalem, but the effect is immediately multinational as pilgrims from around the world hear the best news in the world in their own heart language. It is wonderfully inclusive, says Peter, men and women, young and old. All the old distinctions are gone. And he says, 
it all starts in an upper room where Jesus's friends and families are gathering for prayer. It doesn't happen in the temple or any special building. There's no priest in charge. There's no liturgy intoned. The sovereign spirit is poured out. The only qualification required is that the spirit is poured out onto who? Onto all those who call on the name of the Lord. It's not the righteous, nor the respectable, nor the rich who stands at the front of the queue. It is the humble and the thirsty. A radical shift is taking place right before their very eyes. Peter will have more to explain. He will unpack what this means for his listeners shortly. For now, Peter's content to say, this great and longed for moment has come, the pouring out of the Spirit, and that we now live, therefore, in the era of the Spirit, an era that will end only when Jesus returns. And all those who call on the Lord's name and are filled with the Spirit are able to prophesy. Now this word has different shades of meaning within the New Testament. Sometimes it is a more specific and focused ministry. Here it is simply shorthand for the ministry of every Christian person, which of course we do together, which is to share the good news of Jesus in ways that people can hear and understand and respond to, but to do so in our weakness and in God's strength. Next week, we're going to look at the rest of Peter's sermon and what he says the pilgrims in Jerusalem should do in response. For now, as we prepare to pray together, let's focus on Joel's powerful image that Peter has experienced and now urges on all who call on the Lord's name. I will pour out my spirit on all people, says Joel. It's not polite English drizzle that Joel has in mind or that Peter and the disciples have experienced. The kind of drizzle that will eventually get you wet, uh, that would stop you reading a book, uh, but wouldn't stop you, it wouldn't stop play at Trent Bridge. Joel uses the word for a deluge or a downpour. One of the key words that Luke uses to describe this experience is in Greek, the dunamis of God, the power, the dynamite of God. Joel writes about a right royal tropical drenching, a head to toe immersion, not something that we can direct or control, not something that we qualify for, not something that can be done for us, it's something that we yield to. Go on, George. Lord Jesus, we call on your holy name today. Please 
pour out your spirit on every one of us, old and young, girl and boy, rich and poor. Immerse us, O oh God, in your love and use us to share your love in ways that our neighbours and friends and city can hear and understand. Amen. Good morning, Christchurch. I wanted to join you this morning to say a massive thank you for the gift that we received from you following on from your amazing quiz, which sounded quite awesome. As you'd imagine, we at Tearfund are concerned about people living in some of the poorest countries in the world where there's little infrastructure to deal with coronavirus outbreaks. And the virus is spreading among some of the most vulnerable communities in the world. In um, the world's largest refugee camp, um, it's in Cox's Bazaar in Bangladesh, and the camp is home to over a million Rohingya refugees. These are people who fled Myanmar, having seen their family brutally murdered and many of them um, so just traumatized by what they've been through. And in the camp where they're living, sanitation and hygiene facilities are already few and far between. The streets are narrow and crowded and living in a place like that makes social distancing almost impossible. We're already seeing cases of COVID being confirmed in Cox's Bazaar, so it's gonna be really difficult to stop the spread of and protect people in the camp from contracting the disease. So we're working there with churches, partners and communities to support people living in the camp. We've printed thousands of leaflets in the Rohingya language, helping people to recognize the symptoms, explaining about hand washing and social distancing, as well as building water tanks and distributing soap and bleaching powder. In other places across the world, one of the greatest challenges people are facing is just staying alive and feeding their families. And in countries where there's no social welfare system, many people who depend on a daily income for work, um, to buy food and basics, they're unable to get out and buy these supplies. And people are genuinely concerned about starving due to lockdowns. People are becoming malnourished and vulnerable. Um, Heb Davi, our country director in Democratic Republic of Congo, has told us people live on less than a dollar a day. They have to go out to find something to eat every day. That's how they live. We can use force to keep people in, but then their <clears throat> greatest fear is that they won't die of COVID, but they'll die of hunger. People will get dis desperate. As a parent, you can't watch your children die. You have to go out and get food. So we're working to help churches give food supplies to those who are most vulnerable. And you're helping us do that. Uh, the virus is threatening to cause a massive humanitarian crisis amongst people living in the poorest places in the world. But we can do so much with even the little that we give. Do you know that £54 provides 18 families with a month's supply of life-saving essentials such as soap and disinfectant? And £82 provides health training and food support to five families over three months. So I can't imagine, can't begin to imagine how many lives will be changed as a result of your quiz night. Thank you so much. As we come to our time of prayer together, let us pause in the noisy, busy world where we live, let us be still and ask God to lead us by his spirit as we pray. Gracious God, we only need to watch the news and we see how broken our world is. Break our hearts with the things that break your heart. Help us to see the world as you see it. 
in this season of Pentecost, we ask you to send your spirit afresh on the nations of this world, bringing hope, justice, healing and salvation. Loving God, we pray for our nation. We pray for those who are working to find a vaccine for coronavirus. We ask that you would inspire them and give them wisdom, patience and perseverance. We ask that you would turn the tide of coronavirus and we pray against a second wave of the virus. Lord, we pray for key workers. We thank you for them and we pray specifically for those in our congregation who are working tirelessly in the front line during the pandemic. We ask that you will continue to keep them safe. We look at the huge numbers of those who have lost their lives as a result of coronavirus. And we thank you for each and every one of those precious lives. We pray for their families and friends. We pray for all those who mourn and ask that you would comfort them. Help them to know your peace and presence at this time. We pray for those who have been furloughed or made redundant. In the words of a song, we pray, Lord, we long for you to move in power. There's a hunger deep within our hearts to see healing in our nation. Send your spirit to revive us. Faithful God, we pray for our city. We pray for our civic leaders as they make decisions about releasing us from lockdown safely. Give them wisdom to know what to do and when to make changes. We pray that your spirit would fall on our city and that you would turn the hearts of many towards you. As a river runs through our city, we pray for the river of God to flow through our city, bringing healing and wholeness. We pray for those who work and minister in our hospital, prison and university. Bless them, we pray. We pray for the streets where we live and for the communities where we work and study. We ask that you would give us boldness to share the good news with those that we meet. Generous God, we pray for ourselves. Come Holy Spirit, fill us afresh we pray and fan into flame the gifts that you have given us. And we pray for those among us who are sick in body, mind or spirit. Lord Jesus, thank you that you healed the sick during your ministry on earth and we thank you that you defeated sickness when you died on the cross. We pray that you would heal our brothers and sisters of every form of sickness and disease. We pray that you would loosen stiff joints, stop recurring headaches and frequent stomach problems and calm anxious minds. We ask all of these things in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Now I'm going to run you through a few things that are going on at Christchurch Winchester so that you can stay connected this week. This afternoon we have scramblers, climbers and explorers online. Emily and the team cannot wait to catch up with you and find out how you've been getting on. There will be time for songs, crafts and stories, so do bring what you've made to show and tell. Scramblers are meeting up for an hour at two o'clock and climbers and explorers at four. So parents, check your emails for more details on that. 
So now that it's been 12 weeks of lockdown, we don't want anyone to feel left out and we want to remind you about our small groups. If you're not already in one, it's a brilliant way to encourage one another, to share prayer requests and continue the Christchurch community whilst we can't go into the building. So do email or phone the church office and we will help you to join one or go to ccwinch.org.uk forward slash next steps for more details. Also, if there is anyone that you know who doesn't have access to the internet and is missing out on what's going on at Christchurch, do let us know through the office and we will send them the weekly update through the post. Alison Coulter is running a prayer meeting to specifically pray for the needs of the NHS. It meets on Monday mornings at eight o'clock for half an hour. The Zoom link has changed recently, so the up-to-date one is on the diary page of the website. And finally, a huge thank you to you all for your generosity for George's leaving gift. As you saw, he was so touched and we will miss him greatly. It was also wonderful to share the monthly prayer meeting on Monday with you all and to pray for the work of Tear Fund as well as our local community. And the response to the prison cards has been amazing. All 600 cards are now being handwritten and will be delivered to the inmates soon. Thank you so much for reaching out to them. We love being part of this church community together and we do our very best to help each other. We're here to help you. If you're struggling financially, please contact the Early Church Fund. We really can help. If you need financial advice, please contact Frontline Debt Advice. And if you need help with food and day-to-day -day essentials, please contact Winchester Basics Bank. And we need your help. We need your gifts of time, prayer and money and encourage every church member to work out how they can regularly support us financially. For help and more information on how you give to Christchurch and if you'd like to change what you give, please visit ccwinch.org.uk forward slash give or scan the QR code on the screen. Thank you very much.
This is now the end of our service, the time when we receive God's blessing for the week ahead. So rather than seeing it as an ending, I like to think of it as a beginning. It's the beginning of our week ahead with, with God. And we're reminded that we are filled with his spirit of grace, that the love of Jesus is in our hearts as we head into this week. So let us receive God's blessing for our homes, our work, our families, our studies. May the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son and Holy Spirit be with us all and those we love and pray for, now and always. Amen. So we have time now to make ourselves a cold drink or a cup of tea and come back again for our question and answer session in about 10 minutes. Look forward to seeing you there.